What's up, party people, podcast players, and fourth wall fam, and welcome to another edition of New Normal Wrestling. Introducing your hosts, first, we are graced by the presence of podcast royalty. Roll out the red carpet and tip the crown to the podcast king himself, Brother Wade Ilson. Next, the Doctor of Desire is in, filling your prescription for your dose of kayfabe consumption. You can't brother out without the good brother himself. Let's give it up for Dr. Kayfabe Phil. And what is going on once again to all our friends, family, and fans out there in Fourth Wall Pop Network Land. It is me, Dr. Kayfabe Phil, coming back at you with another week's recap of the week that was in professional wrestling. Now, unfortunately, Brother Wade has some personal business to tend to, hanging out with the in-laws for the next couple days. So I will be flying solo again, and I hope you guys don't mind because I got my list written up. And I got some notes taken down, and I have some things to speak up about for the next few minutes. So hopefully you guys are willing to sit back, kick back, relax, and enjoy. So with that being said, Brother Wade, really miss you this week. We had some good topics to talk about, but I promise you when you listen back on this, um, let it be known that next week we will do some touching up on things and catching up, and um, I'll make sure to get your your input, because we are now basically uh, plus or minus two and a half, three weeks away from AEW Full Gear. Once again, we are coming up on four weeks away from Survivor Series, um, and you know, even before all of that, we are about a week and a half, two weeks away from uh WWE Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia. So, guys, like I said, I have my notes here. Let's get straight down to business. So, the week that was, I'm uh I'm going to kick it off and really focus hard and fast on SmackDown. Um you guys know how much I love Bray Wyatt and his return has been again nothing short of perfect in the build. The chase and what are now becoming the uh, the promos that go with it and, and the build for Bray Wyatt's new character, if you will, his new internal struggle and feud, which we have always been party to, but this one hitting on a whole nother level. And um, I really think the promo on SmackDown this week was a really big testament to that. When he first came back... And we talked about it, how genuine, heartfelt, and true his first promo back felt after Extreme Rules. But it properly towed the line. The the gentleman who came out, Bray Wyatt, Wyndham Rotunda, whatever you want to say, whatever you want to call it, was, I think, truly genuine and heartfelt in what he what he gave to us about missing professional wrestling, missing us, the fans, the mental and emotional impact that being away from wrestling for over a year uh, genuinely had on him, uh, again, personally and professionally. But then we got that 
gotcha moment, and we were pulled right back in to um, to the kayfabe world as the Uncle Howdy mask came up and made us, you know, made us all think you don't know who you're dealing with. And once again, last week on SmackDown, that that kind of came back and came full circle. And I think this whole concept. Um, that wasn't just a pun there, guys. The whole concept of this completed circle and um, making everything whole, but at the same time also being in the loop. I think there are kind of two themes at play here with Bray Wyatt's internal struggle and the physical feud that will come out with it. Um, you know, not sure really where it's going to go. Wade and I, we touched on it last week, who might may or may not show up. Um, but when Bray Wyatt comes out and again reiterates how much he missed us all and, and the impact that we had on him, that genuine um, emotion made itself fully known. But then for him to talk about being a servant and that um, he's going to do some terrible things and making it so blatantly known and obvious that he is not going to be a good man in the in the near future. It gives you the opportunity to kind of take pause and take a, a measured thought and reaction to what we're looking at with him. Um, the blatancy with which he's speaking makes for me wonder is the Bray Wyatt that we're going to get is he an anti-hero um is the first thing that came in my mind but you know in professional wrestling when we talk about anti-heroes we think of Stone Cold Steve Austin we think of D-Generation X we think of The Rock um those characters and those personalities who are challenging the norm, are challenging the establishment, are challenging uh, the authority, but literally just don't care. They couldn't care less. They're not trying to be over and be good and be the baby face that the traditional norms of professional wrestling hold. Um, and, you know, sometimes that that blurring of the line is what brought us to them to begin with. No, I think this anti-hero that we're going to possibly get from Bray Wyatt is more in the sense of trying to introduce the fact that in discovering who he is and what demons lie beneath and what demons he has to face and embrace and challenge um he becomes the anti-hero possibly in the sense that this is what we as people human beings face on an everyday basis and have to always step up to and confront and face and endure on a day-to-day basis, on a long-term basis. Um, it doesn't matter if it's 
the workplace environment, if it is a um, emotional emotional injustice that's been brought upon you, if it's something such as uh, addiction or a bad relationship or um, you know that, that again that general emotional turmoil and mental mental turmoil that's that we all face at some point. Um, like I said, whether on a day-to-day basis or on a, on, on, in a longer phase. Um, I really feel that this is the opportunity for us to confront it together, if you will. And again, Bray being the embodiment of us challenging those demons. Uh, you know, the other side of the coin, guys, it's entirely possible. He's just straight up, he's just the straight up villain. And... He's letting you know right up front, I am a bad man who's going to do bad things, but it's not my fault. And when we always confront the villains in professional wrestling, they always have a reason. It's never, ever just because. It's the fact that we as the fans have given up on them. It's the fact that they've gotten sick and tired of the status quo or being passed over and, and looked over. Um, you know, you always think of in the movies, sometimes the villain, as bad as their intentions are and as heinous as their actions may be, they are rooted in some sort of a pervertedly just cause. And we may hate what they do, but sometimes we just have to look at the situation and say, you know what? He just may have a point. And that's entirely possible. What we are going to get from Bray Wyatt, complete the circle, complete the the loop, if you will, that we've seen, whether it's through The Fiend, whether what we've seen through the Wyatt family, this circle of having to face the demon, face the, the wrongs, and then in the end, embracing it and letting it be, let it help you become who you are or who you're meant to be. Um, the other thing I was thinking was, is it possible that this version of Bray Wyatt is just a straight-up victim and has no choice but to retaliate? Um, I know that kind of goes along with the anti-hero theme, but you know, just thinking that he has no other choice but to just have let everything that's happened occur and have no opportunity to fight back. So, um, like I said, it'll be very interesting. It's good to see that the QR codes continue to come out and WWE hasn't just dropped the, you know, dropped the storyline in the build, um, still continuing with those themes. And the other piece to this is that we've now seen 
We've now seen Uncle Howdy, which when you read online, um, some people think he's a genuinely evil man. And then some people, they're not wrong, say he looks like a cross between The Undertaker and Hulk Hogan. Um, So some people looking comically on Uncle Howdy, but... You know, it's not often you see a man in a cowboy hat and a mustache wrapped in barbed wire. Just kind of tipping his cap to you. Um, we already know Uncle Howdy is the name of the mask. We know Uncle Howdy is now the character. And it's again, getting only the glimpses, there's still a lot to unwrap. There's still a lot going on in this package for us to unravel and to bring to the surface. Speaking of uh, unraveling and getting to the bottom of things, um, looking back on Monday Night Raw, guys, two things I want to touch on. Uh, The first one being the continuation of the storyline of Miz and Dexter Loomis. And now we're getting Johnny Gargano kind of brought into the mix. And Johnny Gargano basically outright telling the Miz, I know why Dexter Loomis has been doing this to you. And if you don't tell the world what's been going on, I'm going to do it for you. So uh, next week on Raw, we will get the revelation of exactly why Dexter Loomis has been chasing the Miz. So, what does Johnny Gargano know? What did The Miz do? <laughs> Is it really that evil and that that low of The Miz to, to, to warrant this? Or is this going to be something that we get on a more comical level? Um, I'm really hoping it goes more to the fa- former than the latter. Um, there has been, to me, some hilarity of the Dexter and Miz storyline, but just that general horror film creepiness, creepiness of Dexter Loomis just showing up out of nowhere. And I will continue to reiterate my favorite will always be the steel cage match of him just peering out from underneath underneath the apron and looking straight up the side of that cage. Um, And you know what the other interesting thing is? What will Dexter Loomis do next? So we will get some, whether it's closure or another layer to the storyline, we will see that coming up in the next week or so here on Raw. Um, And you know... Allowing The Miz to go through this storyline with Dexter Loomis. Um, Obviously, Tommaso Ciampa has been um, very much absent the past few weeks. And now we understand why. Um, So just sending out a get well soon and get well quick to Tommaso Ciampa. One of our favorite wrestlers here in New Normal. And I think for most people across the professional wrestling community, um, recently undergoing some surgery to repair a torn hip labrum. Um, yes, 
the same type of labrum that you have on your shoulder, folks. That keeps the joint all, everything all in one place and moving around and rotating around. Um, this is going to be a, a nine, potentially a nine-month rehab stint for him. Um, and we know, you know, in the past what's happened with him, with his neck injuries, uh, you know, he's had to endure some long rehab lead times in his comeback and um, nothing he's not used to. And we'll definitely be very excited to have the black heart back sooner rather than later. So rest up, Tommaso Ciampa. Last thing, while we might have a departure from the Raw roster for a while with Tommaso Ciampa, we had another return to close out Monday Night Raw. And it was interesting, not just of who it was, but who they were going up against. And as we were closing the show with the uh, Bailey-Bianca Belair match, we had the surprise return of one Nikki Cross. Not Nikki A.S.H., Nikki Cross. Um, showing up in a lightly bedazzled leather jacket, red leather pants, and lipstick. Um, and a, a nice uh, nice blowout also in her hairdo. Um, I was very, very surprised to see it on a couple levels. One, the fact that it wasn't it was not just Bianca but Bailey who she went after. Um, just going through the entire roster that was in the ring at the same time. Um, the who part of it, I think a lot of people were thinking that if you were going to have a return for Charlotte Flair, this past Monday would have been the perfect time for it, being that it was coming to us from uh, Greenville, South Carolina, from from the suburbs of Charlotte, of the Queen City, of basically her hometown. So it'll remain to be seen when Charlotte Flair makes her return and how, but with Nikki Cross being brought back into the uh, Raw women's roster. It's a good return. Um, means to be seen if she's going to be on her own with this or if she's going to be brought back in the loop with Dewdrop. Um, that's something for me with the getup that she had made me wonder if she was going to be on her own or if Dewdrop's going to be working with her. But um, I think in general, the Nikki A.S.H. Uh, gimmick, it was good. I enjoyed it, but I think it had thoroughly run its course, and we as fans may or may not have been burn, burned out with the with the whole gimmick at this point. Um, but regardless of that, I think it was a good breaking break point to uh, to retire the mask and let Nikki just come back and repackage herself and come back strong. With, uh, with what she did on Monday Night Raw. So very much looking forward to that. And speaking of, speaking of women's rosters, looking ahead next, guys, to what went down on NXT. And there, the women's roster definitely got two major bumps on Tuesday night. Uh, the first one being, for me, Electra Lopez, after uh, Indy Hartwell had taken care of her match, a unexpected return of Electra Lopez coming to the ring and uh, laying waste 
to uh, to Indy Hartwell's opponent and seeing her on her own in solo action. Again, uh, a lot of us were surprised, myself included, that she did not go up to the main roster with uh, the rest of Legado de Fantasma. But having Zelina there is still a good ad uh, on the main roster. It was good to have her brought into the mix that way. I think Electra Lopez, uh, even with her being aligned with uh, Escobar and the gang, um, I always felt that she was strong on her own as a singles competitor. So I think seeing her come back into the fold on NXT... Sorry there, guys. Is a good return, strong addition for the women's roster, and uh, she will she will fit in just fine and continue continue to uh, to to max out there, and she will be I think a a great um, addition to the roster in the sense of thinking about who else we have to go up against Mandy Rose, who's. NXT Women's Championship reign is coming up on a year in the next week or so. So we now have, besides Electra Lopez, we have Roxanne Perez in the mix there. And now the newest member of Schism. Uh, We finally found out who was behind the mask and under the red hoodie for the last... I don't know, month and a half or so, month, month and a half, guys. And the surprise on the face of everybody in the Capitol Wrestling Center and watching at home when the mask was removed and we were introduced to the one and only Ava Rain. So, for those of you who do not know, Ava Rain is a.k.a. Simone Johnson, a.k.a. the eldest daughter of one Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So, for a lot of people, this was a huge debut, a huge surprise, and... I think the other piece of it, guys, though, it's not just the fact that she is being added to the to the roster and, and being under the, the tutelage and leadership of Joe Gacy. There's the professional wrestling side of it, but also there's the pop culture side of it. This made, for me, it, I thought it made a lot of news headlines for people in the pop culture and sporting sporting world um, because of just because of who she is and the fact that she is the rock's daughter it will bring I think uh, a lot of eyes to NXT and deservedly so a lot of people who focus on the main roster content of Raw and Smackdown and people who are just you know general casual fans who know wrestling and who know the rock this is a good way to get them introduced or reintroduced to professional wrestling. Um, what I found to be 
very interesting, though, uh, was the fact that I'm trying to find it here, guys. Like I said, there's so much, so many pop culture articles about her debut that I can't even find about it in general. So, um, you know, the fact that she is making it known that she basically is looking to stand on her own and not not let her lineage and her family history be what defines her in this uh in her debut and and in her role in the schism i think is a is a breath of fresh air um you know we've seen it we've been seeing it go on with Bron Breaker that again he did not let the Steiner family history um you know did not rest on the laurels of of the family business and continued to shape his own path and yes we have seen Rick Steiner get involved in some previous storyline but again he Bron Breaker has done a lot of this on his own and we have fallen in love with his character and we have fallen in love with him um and you know Eva Rain coming out and saying that she is part of the uh uh whatchamacallit the four branches and the one root for the schism it's a good it's a good starting point for her and uh, you know, we've we've talked about Joe Gacy in the past and how established he's been in the indie scene, very well established now in NXT. I think it's safe to say that <clears throat> he will probably not be part of the Wyatt Six, whatever that becomes, um, and that's okay. He is very strong doing his own thing, leading leading this faction, this stable, and when push comes to shove. I think they're going to be one of, if not the top faction in NXT um, over the next six months. And again, gives her the opportunity to really springboard and to develop her talent and uh, to, to really show us what she's got. So very, very excited for what Ava Rain has to bring. And uh, the last thing for us to be on the lookout for, guys, is um, the mystery voicemail that got left behind at the front desk by the gentleman known as Scripps. Um, no idea where this is going to be coming from or where it's going to lead to. Is this going to be debut of somebody new coming into NXT? Is this going to be a, a major return for for a wrestler a la Chris Jericho coming back? Is you know Jericho 2.0, if you will, Y2J 2.0? Something along those lines. Um, you know, we're going to have a few weeks to let that, again, flesh out and develop. So NXT uh, having us some good returns, some debuts, and some looking forward tos over the next couple weeks. As I turn the page here, guys, last but not least, talking about AEW Dynamite. Um... The big thing here, looking back uh, 
three things really I want to touch on. First, again, MJF is continuing to be at the top of his game. And what we saw this past week uh, with him telling the firm to stand down because he wants to really give John Moxley the opportunity to be at 100%, 110%, he actually said, for to prove that his victory at full gear will be no fluke on November 19th. And then for the firm to just as easily throw those comments away, beat the crap out of John Moxley after he uh, successfully defended his title against Penta L Zero in a great match, by the way. Um, makes me wonder, we know that if nothing else, the devil that is MJF is always up to something. He always has an extra step ahead on you. Is this firing of the firm after they attacked Moxley and them then then turning their back on him and beating him up to close out the show and choke slamming him through the table? Are we getting set up for the deepest, deepest setup that we've seen in a long time? Or is this the genuine start of turning the corner and kind of giving us the MJF babyface and letting it build up at full gear to whether whether or not he wins the title from John Moxley. Um, does this set us up for the firm being the foil to his to a start of a babyface run for MJF? Or are we just getting punked all along? I'm flip a coin for me. Uh, equally plausible, both of them. And like I said, we've got two and a half weeks to find out. So thoroughly excited. Um, second thing for me is we had a big match for the number one contenders in the uh, tag team title division where FTR went up against Swerve in Our Glory. Um, and... Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland coming out on top, but not without the help of Austin and Colton Gunn. Um, I'm glad to see that actually FTR did not come out on top and let this rivalry between Swerve and Our Glory and the Acclaim continue to build, but also continue to plant that seed between Swerve and Keith Lee of... Swerve being willing to take a win by any means necessary, even with the interference of the Gun Brothers, and to see where Keith Lee leads in this if he decides to um, part ways with Swerve or if he decides to fully embrace uh, his inner heel. And again, with FTR, I know Wade and I talked about it last week, um, it takes a little pressure off the the tag team division in the sense that you're not forcing the hand of FTR versus the acclaimed to be the next big thing and to be right away and to um, either force the acclaimed's title run to be cut short or, by the other hand, to undermine FTR and the fact that they've got their seven stars, they've got all their titles, and just to have the acclaim knock them off on the first shot 
um, kind of, you know, not feel right and not back AEW into a corner booking wise. So good on them for, uh, for the way that this past week's match turned out. And last but not least, do want to mention the elite guys. Um, very interesting promo uh, showing them, the three of them, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, center of the ring um, during this video package and then kind of just evaporating like Thanos snapping his fingers in Avengers. Just simple as that. Um, and then at the end, kind of the same thing happening with the AEW logo and just washing away. Um, is it a sign of things to come? Are we looking at a major heel turn for the Bucks, for the Elite, for you know the Bucks and Kenny Omega? Um, is it alluding to the fact of their greatness and the fact that AEW, without the Elite, there is no AEW? And if you let one go, everything goes with it. Um, I have a feeling it's going to be something along those lines. There are rumors that Don Callis is still in the mix, and we always know that he is always up to no good. So uh, we shall see. This is the first reference, really, uh, first or second maybe, to them in the last couple weeks ever since everything that went down uh, a couple couple months ago. So we'll uh, continue to monitor this and, you know, kind of try to get a finger on the pulse so with that being said guys i have run out of notes and that can only mean one thing and that is that your boy dr kayfabe phil has filled your prescription with your weekly dose of new normal wrestling once again brother wade miss you buddy can't wait to have you back next week and Guys, thank you. Thank you for giving me the time on your stereo speakers to uh, talk about what we love. And once again, um, as New Normal Wrestling, we are a proud part of the Fourth Wall Pop Network family. So as always, plug time. Make sure, guys, that with the Fourth Wall Pop Network... Uh, don't l- listen just to us. Listen to the guys in Pop Sports Shorts, the Smoking Jays, to Crossroads, to the most lavish podcast. Um, thank you always for your support. Continue to subscribe. Let us know how we're doing on the socials, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, Keep downloading. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Let them know how much you love us because I will always continue to remind you guys how much we love you. So with that, I'm going to blow you a big kiss until next week. Remember, guys, to always mark out with your smart out. With that, Kayfabe Phil out. See you all next week. Peace and love. If this is your first time tuning in, thank you for listening to New Normal Wrestling, found exclusively right here on the Fourth Wall Pop Network. 
Go check out the many ways you can support the network by visiting our link tree found in the description of this episode. Give NNW a follow on Instagram at New Normal Wrestling and on Twitter at Wrestling Normal. Be sure to tell all your friends to like, share, and subscribe and help this thing grow and grow and continue to be the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. We are New Normal Wrestling and we bid you adieu with a goodbye, a good night, and we'll see you when we're looking at you. Bang!